Hey, hey, so nice that you're tuning in. Today, I have a great conversation with Yvonne. We connected many months back over our shared passion for sanctuaries for the new earth, new earth communities, how to bring those into being, what the forms, what the pathways, what the comprehensions are around the prerequisites and, and what we benefit really looking within in order to actually prepare ourselves for these type of community settings that we each all feel really good about at some level, whether we see ourselves in those communities or we just feel really nice about other people really making those communities work. There's a lot more to it than just uh, sitting around a campfire and singing Kumbaya because once the projects are done and all the building and construction and all the gardens are in place, ultimately what one of the words that I find in community is communion and that is relating, relating with each other. And as humans, we benefit really exploring how we how we prepare ourselves for that. And the best way that I found to prepare ourselves for that is to go within and really work on restoring our natural sovereignty, which isn't a hardened state of being. It's actually a very loving, kind state of being. And today, I'm just very privileged to be in connection with Yvonne. And we are actually talking about unpacking sovereignty, packing it off the back taking the backpack off, having a good look in, okay, so what is, what, are, what, is, what is there to it? Because it's kind of like a little bit of a buzzword that is going around. Yeah, I'm a sovereign. We all claim your sovereignty. And what does it mean? Um, for me, it's something that um, you'll hear more about as, as I share with Yvonne. I hope that you like it. As you can see, I'm slowly learning more about this technology and I managed to pre-record something before the main recording. So I'm getting better at that and they're going to get shorter in the future. So lots of love for now and I really hope you enjoy this hour with Yvonne. Yay. Hey, Yvonne. Hello again. Yes. Thank you for getting me on, on out of my closet again. <laughs> so good. Oh, dear. Yes. Well, you know, I think that um, we all need to come out of our um, closet of conditioning and programming and... Um, and, and find our authentic self and and give that expression. Mm. The, the conditioning and programming that we've had for thousands of years is to um, mould ourselves or be moulded into something that somebody else wants for their own agenda. And so we don't remember who we are and we don't, we, we you know, when you are, when I look at my childhood, I would look at children and my grandchildren. You know, in the beginning, they have this um, ability to just be so free, and, mm. and then how soon do we tell them no? Get into that box. So it's yeah. time to come get into that closet, <laughs> and so it's time to come out of the closet. 
Yeah, yeah, so beautiful. And and I see that once we once we get molded and almost domesticated into that other way of being other than being who we who we were in our authentic expression, we actually find well I have found for myself that for quite some time I actually felt comfortable in that not me space because it mm -hmm. was safer. Mm -hmm. Of course my spirit from within and I guess my my calling or my purpose or my soul's journey here never allowed me to sit in that compliance state for too long. And so I had to break out of it. And I had, I had zero control over that. I was really trying to fit in like everybody else did, but internally it just went in against my nature so um, strongly. And I think that that pulse of my nature has come out over the course of my lifetime quite strongly you know breaking away from the netherlands on my own and then finding myself traveling around the world um with a family in tow and and then coming to that place like well that is actually despite the strange um contrast and contradiction that that may have um that marriage constellation wasn't um it wasn't allowing me to to find really who I was. And it was only after I um, moved out of that, that I really started looking within. And so I was just operating on a whole bunch of ideas and concepts and, and, and contracts and constructs of belief that totally limited my own expression of my 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 own sovereignty. I wasn't my own sovereign man at all. I was just some formulated series of identities uh, a very lovable mammal as i would call it i was very community driven and very community orientated but boy when i started scratching at the service of wanting to re, re enable my nature and restore my self-sovereign nature oh my goodness all those layers of conditioning that then had to be undone and be looked at for their how would we say it their D their distortions of what is actually true and what is actually real. Um, that that was a an interesting journey to kind of peel those layers back, and then be led into greater spaces of self freedom, so to speak. Where I wasn't basing my life so much around what everybody else was thinking about, or, or more what I was thinking that they would be thinking because I didn't hear their thoughts. I wasn't hearing what they were saying. This is, um, it's, it's a fascinating journey. And I'm glad that we called this, um, this subject for today, unpacking self-sovereignty. And um, just want to invite you to share um, from your take on the word. I've been going at this for six years or more. And I've looked at all the, kind of syntax and the language and the roots and the origins and the etymology and, and the, the archetypal um, kind of value or meaning of, of the words that are all interlinked with what sovereignty is. And, and I can say it's, it's been anything that what it's been, well, what happened for me is that I had a great insight that whatever I thought was to reclaim self-sovereignty totally appalled me. 
because it was all about studying the law and 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 writing letters to the council that I wasn't going to pay my parking tickets and then I was going to be a sovereign man and I was just like this is the greatest load of bullshit that I, and such an emasculated pathway it's a pathway it's a legitimate one and these people do become their own leaders but you become your own leader because of an oppressor but the oppression doesn't happen from outside I found that all the oppression I was actually doing to myself really on my inside. So I just want to open up with that and um, just invite you to, to share some of your, your comprehensions around this because this is a huge subject. Well, I just, I just love how you dive in. That's so, so good. Um, look, I wrote a post about three days ago after this day, you didn't know when we first started this journey together mm. you said to me that you were intending to write once a week and how did i do it every day and it was day 320 i remember do you know today it was day 383 and i'm definitely losing count so a few days ago i wrote a post about breaking free from the uncomfortable comfort zone. Mm. And that's what you're talking about. You you wanted to break free, but you were using the conditioned things that you thought were real, like the council and all of those people, and to, to take back your sovereignty, you had to get their permission for some reason. Um, and, and think now we are learning that all that is false and uh, and it's interesting to me because I often say to you that we we've lived each other's lives because you talked about your marriage and how you felt that you know you needed to to break free from that not that it was a constriction it's just that it wasn't a place where you could find your sovereignty or your authenticity mm. and I was married for 23 years and it was, you know, it was something that very high-principled lady. I was never going to leave that marriage, but my soul was dying. I just found myself shriveling up inside. So I took the plunge and, and left. Um, and so I understand, you know, I went on my search to find my authentic self. And, and I found, what I found was that, I had been duped into playing the game, so to speak, um, yeah. to fit in, as you say, and to and I was never a fitting in person. You know, that was so far from from my authentic self. In fact, you know, I belong to a um, a, a walking club. Hello, everyone! Isn't it lovely to see people are actually following us? Um, I found that um, I had to totally strip away all these false ideas about what it was that I was supposed to look like in the different roles that I was playing. What was I supposed to be like as a mother rather than do, doing that? That's one role that I found that I never asked permission for. It was just a natural thing and, and you know, and I did it well, and I didn't ever allow any external forces 
to change that. However, again, you still you're still hooked in because then you get hooked mm. into their schooling and how that's got to go, and you and so you have to mold them into these boxes, and at the same time, you you are. Well, I was constantly telling them, you can be anything you want to be. Don't be, you know, don't restrict yourself. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you are magnificent beings. Of, you know. mm. <laughs> and, and they're all like, really? Um, but, but, you know, we had to find a way to be in two worlds. Well, this is how I feel. And, and that is becoming more and more obvious today that we are living in two worlds. And um, so finding sovereignty, well, both of us had to learn to speak this language. I think we're mm -hmm. doing damn well, you know. <laughs> the world suddenly, I, I took, when I was thinking about it early in the week, I got this thing over, but sovereignty is about kingdom and it comes back to the kingdom of heaven is within. It's wonderful how all these religious organizations, and look, I don't want to offend anybody, but all these religious organizations keep telling you that this, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within, but don't go there because we'd rather have it for ourselves and we'll just, we'll keep it for you. <laughs> you can't have the key because we hold the key. Um, when you think about it, it's pretty bizarre. So let's look at it. Being being your own um, being your own law, being your own um, I can't find a word for it yet. We haven't got a word for it yet. Um, but being your own leader. Well, it is. It, no. it, the the word that was coming through was being your own liver. <laughs> You'd seen you're going through a liver cleanse. That's not good. Well, it, that's well. It's it's not necessarily something that's far off because I have um, looked into some of the physiological uh, understandings through the Chinese medicine lens, and then wow. particularly the old Chinese medicine lens. Yeah, and liver is the storehouse of the ethereal soul. It is a aspect of ourself that comes into our being has a housing place there and it brings forth and with it all the knowledge and wisdom as a kind of traveling soul into our being it is also the storehouse of the unconscious um, where there can be a lot of trauma stored and also it is the innate knowing of self that also comes from there that we then have to kind of bring out of that space in order to bring that to our conscious mind that not only are we the sovereignty of ourselves, we are also um, able to, like I've discovered for myself unpacking the language that it's about me being my own leader, me activating and training myself to think for myself, to not be reliant on story or narrative from third parties outside of myself that I will just take as an authority on a subject, but that I actually render all information coming through, through my own critical thinking, through my own ability to dissect um, truth from fiction. And it's, it's quite simple really, because either a, a story is carrying a fear-based narrative 
or it is um, free of that. And when it's free of that, that doesn't mean that therefore it is, um, it's almost like to speak in a sovereign way, there's a whole bunch of things that are not said. And there's a whole bunch of things that don't need to be said in order to claim the truth or state the truth, because the truth doesn't need any defending. It doesn't need any, any stating, any articulation. This then brings me back to what I call called programming and this transgenerational conditioning of uh, particularly through the Western succession of, of empire and, and Newtonian scientism that has been so much brought into our collective consciousness as the Western men and women on this earth that has compromised and really constricted so much of the truth and has appropriated that truth by pointing at all sorts of other directions and naming all of those things. But what it didn't do in the process of also consolidating the English language during the beginnings of what I call empire, um, it, it didn't actually name or stipulate or articulate in, in great clarity the relevancy of anyone's free will, um, the in intricacies and the intrinsic nature of our freedom and how we are innately and originally a human culture of love. Of course, they weren't going to tell anybody that because if they do that, then we're all going to believe something different than being well programmable, um, let's call them tech slaves in a system that serves a different agenda than the, the liberation and the exploration of human consciousness in its, in its capacity of what it can achieve. I do see that we are going through a humanitarian cycle in consciousness. And so there's no point being upset about where we are. It's just, what do we do with that? And in order for me to gain more insight into my own self-sovereign nature and the return to that state of freedom where I'm not being affected by what's necessarily going on around me and the opinions of others about me and so forth, or wanting to, you know, there's a, there's a pre prelude to that even is that it's not the opinions that of others that I hear, it's the fear that I have subconsciously of their opinions that I project that makes me not even want to step out of line. In order for me to come into more awareness, like what's really all going on here, I had to go and explore trauma. I had to explore cult programming, the effects of trauma-based mind control. And that is a lot to take in because that means getting and getting real with and coming to terms with that the westernized civilizational modality that we're operating on, which seems to have the economy as its greatest price and politics as its means to accomplish that, um, that that is nothing short of utter human damage and that it damages humans every single generation. And it's the cause for the intergenerational hand down of trauma, but it's the seed origin of, of the misuse of intelligence, causing war, causing artificial scarcity. And we are at the effects of that. And I can see that, okay, great. That's all performing a function with purpose for me to reclaim my sovereignty. But wow, that's 
still, when I think about it, that's quite a bit to take in if we want to explore this territory for our own self-liberation, self-sense of I'm my own free man, I'm my own free woman kind of sense of being. But without looking at trauma and how we got affected through our conditioning and our upbringing that has been very much far removed from how we would do it in nature, how we would do it naturally, how, how it is actually natural to be doing it together, um, the impacts of that when they are not understood, which there is more awareness around it coming, I see that growing very, very rapidly. But wow, if you look in the main, the awareness around trauma, well, people can see trauma outside of themselves in other people, but to go and look at it within and then unpack what, what that is made of and how that internal landscape operates. And then you find that we disassociated and that there's all these different parts of self that splintered off because of the trauma. And then there's that inner child work. And before we know it, we are, we're, we're not talking about sovereignty as something great and grandeur and, and beautiful and stepping into. We have to go into the mud and the muck to actually look at why am I not that? What is sitting in the way of feeling free? What is sitting in the way of me feeling alive and, and activated and clear-headed? And that's a, that's, a dense, that's a dense series of questions to ask oneself because the only answers that will bring us a setting free kind of sensation in my experience has been going there, has been going within to, to look at why am I... Why am I doing it like this? Why am I putting myself under somebody? Why am I afraid of their judgment? Why? And every single question of why, there's only one answer that I found really good for that is human damage. Wow. You know, it's interesting. I wrote something while I was thinking about what we were going to do. And I wrote down, all human suffering has been caused by the self-interest of the governors Corrupt governments in an eager battle. Yeah. And that's that's the trauma you talk about. So, um, yeah, it's one of the things you just said about um, when you hit your own truth is there is no need for justification. What I found as I went down that rabbit hole many years ago to unpeel and look for who who was in here what was the core mm. of this um, incarnated being uh, what I found was that it, it took such courage mm. however because of the conditioning of how I operate and how we're taught to operate, and that is through right, wrong, good, bad, which is all through the eyes of judgment. Yeah. So as you do the internal world work, and when you really realize that the truth is that I am the creator of my reality, so why the hell have I created this shit? <laughs> And I've got to then take responsibility for that 
And I changed that word to respondability, the ability to respond at will by choice. Then I have to take ownership. And very few people have the courage to take that ownership because they cannot find the way to do that without the judgment. And then feel that they need they they they've been bad, they've been stupid. How could I've been so so deluded? How could I've not seen that? And all these stories that we put on ourselves, instead of just saying, Wow, that was really good conditioning, but I see you and thank you, but no thank you. Without the judgment. So yes, going back and finding the the trauma but then bringing that trauma home with love to a place where there is no judgment, there's no justification, there is just total acceptance and the awareness that that part that was traumatised only requires to be loved, not to be pulled apart and judged and have the wise answered. What is, is. There are some people who think you can go back into your past and visualise it to be different. My past used to say to me, what do you mean? It happened, okay? <laughs> so it never worked for me. Um, and I found, therefore, that my past was what made my present. And I had learned to be grateful for every miserable little moment and every joyful little moment because it is the end result is sitting here. And I was looking at it like, you know, a, uh, what do you call it, a string of pearls. If I see a pearl that, that I don't like and I want to take it out, I have to break the string. And I don't want to be broken. I want to be whole. And I found that the wholeness I was looking for was always in there, but was hidden by all those um, outer influences and to become authentic is a place or to have your own sovereignty which is what we're talking about here is to be able to speak your truth from I messages we have again been conditioned to say well he made me feel this well no one can make me feel anything but me I'm the feeler person you know, like I'm the thinker person. So what I feel is mine. The fact that it was brought up because of someone else, that's just for me a, a really a gift. Um, I had to laugh the other day. I um, I had a post on, on a, a group and... I think it was something about my garden. I, I wrote about my garden, that I was creating a new garden. I had the analogy of the new earth being like creating a new garden. And so this person said, all innuendo and no substance. And, of course, the intention of that person was that to put me down make me feel less. And I laughed and I said, oh, thank you for reading my post. So the result was the next thing I get an answer and it said, um, why are you thanking me? And I went, because you offered me an opportunity to 
have a look at myself and to check and to make sure that the way that I was expressing myself was the way that you know, I had intentions of expressing myself. And you know what? I came out really good. <laughs> because there was no comeback. And so it's learning and that to me is sovereignty. That is like, thank you, but actually, you know, you cannot you cannot in, imprint on me anymore. So, of course, this person I didn't know and has absolutely no emotional ties to me, so it's easy. But I always found that with my kids, that they were the ones that, that could always somehow get in there. And the people that I love, you, you know, that's not as easy. But when you learn to express your feelings in truth, from I messages. This is how I feel. When people are trying to um, get you to do things that you don't really want to do, right? The inside of you says, it doesn't really feel right, but I have to fit in because otherwise I lose my job. I have to fit in or I lose their approval. I have to fit in because. But inside, you know, this is, this is not this is not my path then what I have learned is that to say well this is how I feel this just doesn't feel right for me because I can't argue with that I can't say well you don't feel that yes I do I feel this not you make me feel or I don't agree with you all those terms can be shot down in flames but what cannot be shot down in flames is well, this is how I feel. It's end of the argument, really, because it's how I feel. Now, if I don't like how I feel, then I can go home and I can look at that feeling and see where it originated from and what it triggered and was it for my house good or not for my house good. But in that moment, I can say, this is how I feel. So I guess that is how I slowly but surely peel away the... the um, the veil of illusion and falsity and found my sovereignty. And every day that is something that has to be put first. If you're asking me to do something that opposes that feeling of truth, of being in tune with my soul and being in aligned with the frequency that is who, who this is, then I am compromising me and I'm not being in truth. And I've learned that I have to pay a price for that. So true. So true, Yvonne. When we don't listen to that inner truth and we just keep, keep doing it because we want to be loyal. Like I, I've gone through a tremendous process this last whew, six months, let's put it that way, if not longer, where progressively I've run out of more and more rope until I have absolutely nothing left um, of leeway in terms of what that inner, inner awareness says about is this a yay or is it a nay? And that, that is the will that can totally end up becoming depleted where 
I can intellectualize myself. Oh, I'm willing to do it because, you know, it's da-da-da-da. But is it is it intellectualized or is it that authentic truth? And I love how you bring the relevancy of feeling, what I call feeling-based relating into this because it is everything that I feel that we are um, and, and people in the Brave New Life community will know about this, that what we are doing in our circles in Brave New Life is simply called feeling-based relating. And without me saying anything about why that's relevant or da, 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 that's just what we are exploring, which is speaking in those I statements where it's about me and my feelings. And one of the things that I elicited for myself in what led me to finding also that languaging around it is that anything other than feeling-based relating most often is some form of contract-based relating because it's mind-based relating. And so people are trying to contract people into becoming part of their, their story or wanting to have them side with them. And I have discovered that there is so much unresolved trauma that's in even the most beautiful and the most spiritual communities comes out and I can see it for what it is because I have really kind of unpacked the ability to, to see it happening and then free myself from the judgment because for as long as I hold myself in judgment, I'm not even free. So if I want to be free and I want to be sovereign, which is something that in my learning, I've, I'm only returning closer to within. There's no sovereignty out there. There's no I that can accomplish sovereignty. Sovereignty is what we were born as, what we were, what, what, what our innate human nature is, is, is a beautiful word for. And what has really happened is that we've been leading ourselves, but also, of course, programmed and conditioned to not even um, relate to ourselves in that way anymore. But that still uh, doesn't let go or set us um, apart or away from our feeling-based nature because we have only been programmed sort of here out of that sort of fear mechanics and that trauma-based mind control that we can see the effects of in the world today but our feeling-based nature our innate truth our innate knowing that's never gone away all that has gone away is that it's just been layered with tremendous amount of fear-based programming that makes us then think, oh, I better not say what it is that I really, I, I don't really want to do that. And it's been interesting because I hold myself um, to account um, a lot. And I then recognize that I have been doing exactly what I've just spoken about for a whole series of months. And it is all performing a function with purpose for me to then go like, well, that's a significant pattern. Where does that really come from? And what's all entangled in it? And how do I untangle all of that? Because the real question is, do I want to keep doing it like this? Do I want to feel like I have, it's almost like I am carrying a level of resentment to doing certain things that isn't necessarily of my thinking. It's me just going in against myself for so long that my inner will says, nah, not available. I don't care. What you, You've kind of run me dry here. And it's like I'm discovering the, the difference between on a deeper level that feeling-based truth 
And then this like, yeah, but I, I see all the great ideas and I see and I, and I can do all of this. And I and I and I who is this person that wants to what show up in the world in this look at what I can all do? Um, is that what I really came here for? And how much of it is truly in alignment with what my inner knowing says? And do I dare to feel into that? Because I've learned, and I'm at the second time in my life at, at this point, and I'm referring as much to the first time, that if I don't listen, there's an imminent wilting and total stagnation and a total kind of dying and fizzling out of any spirited move moving forward energy that is available from, from creativity. Money. Yeah, it's fascinating. And so there, there is that returning to the that story and that innate knowing of self, what it came here for. And it wants to take me somewhere where I'm probably not yet prepared to go, but who is I and who is not prepared? And so these are good conversations to have because after each conversation, I always get to reflect and sit with what we talked about because there's no point me, you know, sharing anything around this if I don't practice this on a daily basis. One thing that I wanted to um, discuss with you, Yvonne, is the notion of equality and equanimity because that there's some connotations for people around sovereignty that it's about being in dominion or or being well then you're sovereign and they're not sovereign and how i relate it to myself is that the only reason that i've chosen this name for myself is so that i can hold myself accountable every day because how on earth can i call myself sovereign if i put somebody else down if i am if i'm anything less than love and so in that process, I have also learned to train, practice a lot of forgiveness on myself because I haven't been perfect over these past years. And I have been upset with people and judged them and blamed them. And, and, but I, I lose my sovereignty in the moment of putting somebody under me or putting myself under somebody else. And I forget that we're all equal, unique individuals. And we all have a shared equal value of being here on this earth. I'd like you to share a little bit around that if you if you feel to go into that space, because for me that that aspect of sovereignty as a word that is maybe unfamiliar to some people, they kind of have got this like, uh, I don't I don't actually want to be sovereign because that means that I'll be more than somebody else. And it couldn't be further away from that. But you see, that's a word that's been hijacked again because yeah. um, we relate sovereignty to kingdom, to rulers, and then we have made these people celebrities to look up to. We have given, we've sold our soul for, you know, a lot of their um, requirements. <laughs> Um, so then to go and say, but I choose to be sovereign, then the conditioned mind, subconscious says, well, that means that you have to have power over because what we have, what we see is um, kings, sovereigns are rulers over. 
so instantly we feel that means that we need to rule over. Yes, and we do, but not over out there. It's over in here. And that's a difficult concept for people mm -hmm. because of the connotation of words. And you and I who tend to pick words apart and look at them, realize that every word that we speak, we've been taught. And it is the connotation of the teacher that is imprinted on the word that you now use until you unpack it and change it. Gosh, that's big. I, I had never put it like that, but that's true though, isn't it? And so, so the word sovereignty, again, it is something that we relate to power over. And what we're really talking about is power over the within. Mm. <laughs> Not easy to, you know, to bring up. The more power you have over self, over, and it comes back to feeling, mm -hmm. having power over your feeling, having, and it's not even power. It has nothing to do with power. I remember when I was younger, I had this, and, and, and this is something that you now would have inside of you because there's something that wants to birth itself through you because I can feel that you, because that's what I do, I, you know. I work with energy and that's all that I feel. And I know that within me for so long, I could feel this power within. And in the early days, and anyone who's ever listening to this and knew me when I was nursing would have known that I learned how to use power over. Um, I, I was very good at what I did, but I was officious rather. A very, very, um, yeah, good at my job, but... Um, also expected that from others as well. So it wasn't. It was something that I learned that that within me there was this power that wanted to be expressed, and so, but I was so terrified of it because I thought I'm already blowing people out of the water. If I let this out, I'll be like an atom bomb. So I I sat on it for so long. All through, you know, until I could sit on it no longer. And it was mm -hmm. that or go. And funny thing was, when I gave it permission to mm. shine, I realised that it was the opposite. The more that I found my inner power, the more gentle I became, the more accepting I became, the more tolerant I became, the more compassionate I became for me first. Yeah, yeah. And by doing it for me first, by healing that inner child's wounds, and there were many, having lived mm. through two wars already, and, um, and, and so... That healing of, of that inner part of me and allowing and giving it compassion and love and joy and setting it free, that's when I was, that's called empowerment. I found mm. this power that was wanting to be expressed was not a power over anyone out there. It was all about having the power to allow 
to allow my authenticity, the the beauty of of the essence that lives within that mm -hmm. the human kindness that is at the core of all humans that gets destroyed through fear and lack and trauma and that when we find that back mm. that is when we have equality that's when we can have equality for each other with each other because there is no i'm better than you i'm more than you we mm -hmm. all are so uniquely configured energetically that yeah. when we understand that, that we become this magical orchestra of humankind mm. that is now getting more and more fine-tuned so we can play together. Yeah, well, so beautiful. Yeah, the, 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 the triangle that I found for me that it started really through this in, initial commitment and, and a willful commitment. And then I later discovered everything around the will that I, it's like, oh, wow, that's amazing to, to re-enable the, the, the faculty of the will as a compass for our navigation, which in most human beings has just been downright smashed. Your will is not important. What you want, you're not going to get. And, um, you know, there's, there's just so much around that that I kind of worked out. So how do we relate then as human beings to honor each other's will and to not try to contract each other subconsciously, which is really coercion, which we, we've just been programmed to coerce each other um, for, for the most part in this context of a economic framework that we all... Um, are set to operate into to in some form or another, or or well, in the end of it, you'll just starve, I suppose. Um, and so, a lot of a lot of our natural territory as as human beings, and the natural economy of being a, a an, an abundance based sharing with each other um, in in sort of a gift economy has, has of course been changed over to a lack and scarcity model where it's about control and power but that's all the powers that are it's a misuse of power so to speak because what what you're relating around for me has been the awakening of that power of love and that has been something that in myself in different stages and different phases i definitely have been afraid of and what was afraid was the parts in me that weren't loved. So what, how could I love this person? Because I know that I can and I know that I've informed myself enough and remembered enough that I benefit being compassionate. But I found that I had a resistance to being compassionate or being fully loving because what was done to me, I was recognizing in them. And so I still had to do that reintegration and repair work, which required love as well. And so for me, it's been that study of, of human nature, which I call syntropy, um, which then leads me into this whole field of what is human nature. Well, that's the, the realm of self-sovereignty. But the only way to complete 
the return to any of those aspects is that there needs to be a commitment to self-love, which needs to be drawn out of the will, which is in that field of sovereignty. So we have human nature, our sovereignty and our self-love as a kind of turning mechanic that just keeps looping back in on each other, that human nature um, is that we are self-love. And so this, we're, we don't really have to source outside of ourselves for that. And we require that love in order to restore that sovereignty. This is what I discovered is that it's a, only ever a remembering, a returning and a restoration and a regeneration of what originally was and also will forever remain our human nature. It's not like we're going to go to a new place. It may feel quite fresh and refreshing and it's like, oh, wow, I, I didn't know why I was so afraid of this. And at the same time, it is only a return to what our natural, call it inheritance is, but our, our natural place of being. And I see that the power of love in relationship to that power within that you speak about, it's been for me what I have actually feared, feared probably the most. And, um, and to be able to then invert that fear and, and look at it to within as opposed to, oh, why am I afraid of this person? What is this, you know, I just want to love them. So what, what, what sits in the way of me loving? And it's again and again, it's just been imprinting. It's just been conditioning. It's just been all that unfortunate stuff that only I get to remove and resolve for me. And that's, I feel, that's what I feel has been my outcome then to also sit here and share with you as I listen to you. I recognize that's the outcome for you as well because there is a greater compassion going out to the world where it's like, if we're all born for love, if we're born of love in its original soul frequency, so to speak, then the return to that not only is a great feat and a great adventure, but it's also our greatest purpose. You know, there's something that really helped me right from the beginning, and that was when I can't remember where it came from. I never remember where anything comes from. Um, but it was that I can't, you can't give what you don't have. And I started teaching that, and I used to say to people, well, the way to describe that is if I, I might have all, with all the will in the world, I want to give you 10 bucks. But if I don't have the 10 bucks, I can't give it to you. And I knew from me that my essence was pure love. And mm. I was very good at loving. But what I realized was that I could only love to the degree of love that was within me. And then I had this wonderful analogy given to me. Um, I think in one of the, I think it's a rider weight ace of cups is a, mm. is a cup that has things overflowing on the sides. And I always saw that, that from that day forward, it was my intention to fill my cup every day. That's why I still get up at 5.30 in the morning to fill my cup. 
-hmm. and that the overflowing of that cup is free for anyone to have. Yeah, but beautiful. what's in the cup is mine. Mm. And that was just such a gift for me because it it gave me, and you talk which I, so it gave uh, the big eye, as I call it, gave that eye permission to the little eye to put me first. Yeah. And it is that that we struggle against, that we have been taught that it's selfish mm -hmm. to put me first. And, um, it, you know, you're being up yourself and all of that rubbish. Um, oh, look at that person. They really think they're wonderful. Yes, I do. Pretty good. Because I've worked at it and I work at it every day to be as yeah. wonderful as I choose to be so that I feel okay in me, so that I'm free. I'm, I, sovereignty is freedom. It is the freedom to to love, which is it's a it's a nature, without any restriction of how that is received, or whether it is approved of, or if somebody is judging it, or someone is not liking the way that you do it, or whatever. It is just being pure, true to self. And in the the problem with that is that. We have language that tells us that that self has to be the same as you. Otherwise, it, there's something wrong with it. <laughs> I have so many people who will say to me, yeah, I agree with you. And I say, I don't give a shit. I'm not saying these things so you agree with me. I yeah. say things so that you will think about it within yourself and you mm -hmm. agree with you. Yeah. Because agreeing with me isn't going to do anything for me. Mm. If I was in my ego, or my ego I would say, oh, that person agrees with me. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that is how we're brought up, right? Yeah. Well, or brought down. Yeah. So, or brought under. Mm. Yeah. And so to find our sovereignty is to find our purity. It's to find that part of us that we looked that that was in us when we were born. Mm. Yeah. You, the, the, the foundation, the energetic configuration. Mm. And when we find that back and we learn to play it, I would say we, each person is a Stradivarius. And we just have to find it. And when we find it, we have to learn to play it. Mm. And then, of course, we also want to tune it. Well, before you play it, you must tune it. And you have to tune it every day because they're incredibly finely tuned instruments. And they mm. need to be tuned and retuned and retuned continuously to keep to that vibrational frequency, which is so, so refined. And that is what we're finding about ourselves is that every day that is why it's so important to have a spiritual what you call spiritual practice where every morning you fine-tune your instrument before you offer it to somebody else yeah totally right so yeah hey 
getting up that early, that's when I fine-tune my Stradivarius and every day I practice playing it. Mm. And people may not like the way that I play my, you know, I think of, uh, what is it, and and. Andre Rio, I can never say it, or to he's Dutch, but um, he he played his Stradivarius much to the, you know, the up and coming real um, classical violinist. How dare he do to that instrument what he does? <laughs> plays pop music, um, but um, if you see what he does, as soon as he finishes, it goes into a beautiful case and it's very carefully and it's taken away and it's taken care of with such love and such appreciation for what he can make that instrument do. And mm. that is who we are. We are our own personal Stradivarius and we have to take that much care of us and we need to fine-tune the instrument so that the sound, which is the soul, can be expressed in its fullness through us. Yeah. But we're not taught that, of course not, because then we don't need governors. So sovereignty for me means self-governing. Yeah. Yeah, so beautiful. And for me, this has been an ongoing conversation, an ongoing exploration in, you know, I wish there was a, fast-tracked path to self-sovereignty for anybody. Um, but that's just a total fantasy. Uh, I, it's been my intention and it's been my vision. And it's actually the reason why I started Brave New Life Community, to actually share from what I have learned in terms of using feeling-based relating as a metric of authentically attuning to self so that we can start revealing what is all alive for us. But I never got myself to the next step of actually sharing more around how I relate to that internal landscape and how everything seems to be an inversion and that very much there is an innate attraction within people to the softer, quote-unquote, version of sovereignty, but the truer version of it. There's a lot of people that pursue the path of self-sovereignty through means of studying law and the legality, which is all fraudulent everywhere you go. It is a corrupt system and it is corrupt because it has taken the power of the people and put it in the hands of a few under the guise of a constitution. But look at the place where you're living. That constitution is not even active because the Commonwealth is a corporation. So when we start going down those paths and I've looked at it just like, you know, everything is, seems to be registered in, in, in Washington, D.C. at some level um, to be on a, on a trading market exchange, um, all these different government factions. It's just what we've ended up with. And it's an endless rabbit hole with endless battles with, well, call them demons, you know, because governments don't exist. Go point me out a government. So who is the person that is that government? And so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fiction and it's an illusionary appearance of something. And yes, it does all these things and I'm not here to discard the whole lot, but I'm certainly seeing that it's taken humanity in the main really out of 
self-organizing and being self-determining and being self-governing and doing that as a community, how, how would we embark on that other than through feeling-based relating? Because we, we know when we look back now where we got to with just using the intelligence. Well, that didn't really get us very far. So if that wasn't actually the metric and there is no arguments to have when somebody says, I feel, I, when you said that, I felt, well, then, then, then you can just, wow, that's beautiful that you're willing to acknowledge what you felt. That's actually quite courageous. And so to cultivate that has been my, my initial step to see if more people resonate even with that orientation. And then to let that lead itself into the natural return to self-sovereignty. But I am discovering that without having these conversations around the roadmap, around what people can come into awareness of in terms of the hows, the ways, the means, what, what benefits being trained into and, and remembered and reactivated and actually sternly practiced attunement in, in, in such a fashion that all of that um, benefits really being spoken about because we are wired for that natural state of freedom. We're not wired to be preoccupied with what the neighbor is thinking or what, what the, the guy that is the president that we don't even know who he is or the governor or, or, or the police constable that we don't even know by name. We don't know any of these humans. And it's all just playing out in our own inner world. And that's where, for me, that part of the syntropic orientation becomes relevant because in order to discover what the function of life is and what it's doing, we best put ourselves in a space of curiosity and openness to come into awareness, to be curious. Like, well, if it's performing a function with purpose, maybe if I stop judging it, I may actually learn what it's trying to teach me because that's what I have found. The entire external reality is just one big reflective teaching ground for me to look at myself. And that's almost like my inner sovereignty creating circumstances and events for me so that I, my inner nature causing me to run up against issues and challenges and hardships and whatever it is, physical breakdowns, financial breakdowns, all of that hero's journey is just for me to really come home to self deeper and return to the sovereign within. Yes, just something that you just said about... Um, uh, you know, creating the space for people to express their feelings, which is essential for us to find our sovereignty. However, because there is so much trauma and so much pain, in the beginning those feelings come from that place. Mm. And one of the things that does we need to learn is that if we perpetuate those feelings this is why counseling never works because counseling people just keep regurgitating their pain and what we focus on we bring about what we pay attention to we fuel what what we you know in what we have our attention to so 
um, it, it just gets stronger. This yeah. is why it is really important to not be putting any attention on the games that are being played outside uh, and putting your attention on what it is that you feel and what you would like to have as a life experience, how you would like to live if you didn't have someone else make laws for you that you didn't agree with, if you didn't have someone else tell you when to go out and when not to go out, whether to go to school or not to go to school and a million other things, when you would just follow your heart, then you would go to your neighbour and you would start talking to them and saying, well, in what can I help? What can we do together? Can we grow vegetables together? I remember when I first left my marriage, I moved into uh, a townhouse and I had this neighbour. She used to hang over the fence with a basket of veggies. It was just wonderful. <laughs> and so that's the kind of thing that we do naturally. We share with each other. We give what we have. However, we have been so conditioned into a position of lack so someone else can control us that we have got this fear around being open and honest with each other. Uh, and so expressing our feelings is one thing. It is healing the feelings that are not serving us any longer. Mm. That is important because I can tell you how I feel so scared of what might happen. But unless I can process that and integrate that and alchemize that and bring that home in love to a place where I no longer feel that feeling because that feeling is not allowing me to become more sovereign. It is actually mm -hmm. stopping me from being sovereign. So yeah. it is important to understand that, that, that there's more than just expressing my feelings. Uh, it is identifying those feelings and finding out, are they serving me? Are they yeah. serving my growth? Are they serving my expansion? And if they're not, what can I do to give that feeling compassion and love and bring it home so that it no longer has it influences me yeah. in a way that keeps me contained? This is why the drama of of mainstream media is all based on 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 fear yeah nobody starts the news saying well what can we do today to make you feel more sovereign <laughs> wouldn't that be fun wouldn't that be fun yes yeah. well we have our own platform where um we we do get to encourage people to um step into that more but i feel that i have um I've indeed modified my my orientations and, and I've backtracked it all. And it's been it's been really quite fascinating how I actually put myself under, in this case, one particular individual out of fear of abandoning someone, out of fear of also being abandoned, out of and so that there's still something there and going into the pleasing and su suppressing my own shine in what I initially started the Brave New Life community for because what you just spoke about where we're just you know after an hour in and this is a conversation that could go on for days really because there is no one simple approach to this there isn't one 
simple because the the mechanics of our internal landscape and and how we re-enable that natural ability to feel free to feel safe to feel whole depending on the myriad of traumatic imprints that sit in the way of that there uh, is going to be some cleaning out that benefits doing and, and this, what came up for me is that the unresolved will remain unresolved until it's properly resolved. And if people haven't expressed a willingness, a preemptive willingness, I am willing that when stuff comes up for me, when feelings come up, instead of just sharing the feelings and allowing that to be the process of, oh, I feel lighter now, which is a beautiful thing to already be able to use your voice in a communal space to find the courage to speak. But there's so much more to it in terms of that inner work that that really is part of a biological and psycho-emotional mechanics of what really happened. And of course, I, I researched MK Ultra programming and trauma-based mind control to figure out how they, do they split people's minds and emotional bodies and then create these what they call alters, these, these different personas. And then I realized this, that this entire world around us is an MK Ultra, you know, mind control experiment. And then I realized, well, I, I think that I better go and look within myself to go and figure out if there are any names to any of the parts that are carrying any of the trauma. And lo and behold, was I amazed. And, and that is a level of, of conversation that I really would like to explore with you more. I know that many different people have shared around this, but I feel that it's, it's so relevant in relationship to coming back home to sovereignty and freedom from within. There, there, there is a conversation that benefits being had around, so, so how then? Yeah, loving yourself, okay, yeah. And, and But being committed to that to such a degree that when your emotional reactions come up, that you also know what to do with them, that you have an, an awareness there that says, ah, this is actually an opportunity for my growth or this is performing a function for me as opposed to going into, oh, you're being so horrible to me. How did you, why did you do this? Mm. Well... I think every time we touch on one subject, a whole dozen come up that we could be talking about. But something that you just brought up before, and that's why I got really excited because you used the word abandonment. And that is something I would like to unpack mm. because over all the years that I've worked with people, I find that most inner children feel abandoned and they don't feel abandoned yeah. by necessarily the parents or the carers they feel abandoned by us yeah and i believe yeah left that, behind yeah because because we are if you look at children they can't wait to become adults you know, something that I always told my kids, don't give up your childhood. Mm. Mostly because I didn't have mm. one, right? So I decided to have a childhood when my first son was born, who's about to turn 50. 
So um, it is, oh, and did you get the photo of me as Minnie Mouse? I sent it to you on an email <laughs> um, because I like to play. Oh, this is the inner child wants to play. We, we suddenly become such serious little adults. And, God, that's a pain in the neck if ever there is. So we have to allow, we have to give ourselves such allowance. And I think that what you were talking about just then has a lot to do with that feeling of abandonment that yeah. we don't And what responsibility we have because nobody, you know, is going to come knock on our door. It's not our father or our mother that will say, you know, remember when we were in the shopping center and I left you behind? I'm so sorry. It's just like it, those things never happen. And so it all comes down to our own individuality to start taking responsibility that outside of the trauma that we were once left behind, there is a whole range of other parts of self that are also all left behind. And there's quite a... I haven't experienced a lot of upsetness within these parts of self towards me not finding them, but there has been a great sense of having been left behind, having having just been having to sit there under the staircase in the locked up little doorway because my brother put me in there. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, 30 something years later, am finding that part of self. Yeah, and but your brother I, put you in there. Your brother put you in there thirty years ago, but you left. You kept yourself in there. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. You know, I always say that the event is gone, but you keep yourself there. And until yeah. we go back and we retrieve that part of us with love, that part will always feel abandoned. Uh, so that's part. Well, that's going to be quite some session. <laughs> I love it. We're we're at one eleven again, and um, oh, so yeah. we'll, we'll call it off here. Um, this will be up on Earth Heroes for quite some time, which is that that other platform. Um, both the Brave New Life community platform is a beautiful space, and then we have, of course, our Earth Heroes TV that is very nice to be able to host this content on, and um, it will be coming part of that little awakening sovereignty. Um, series that is on there where the different conversations around trauma, sovereignty, the restoration of wholeness, how, how we piece all of that together. And for me, and I feel that's the same for you, Yvonne, is that there's a natural compelling sense coming from within to talk about this. Not because I still feel wounded, it's just that cup around that subject is able to overflow and it doesn't come from that space of i i need to get other people into this cup to to feel that my that my sovereignty is is feeling alive and kicking or something like that it's it's such a soft and gentle metric that um just like the truth almost doesn't required to be spoken about, but I've learned that if we do not speak about what we've remembered, um, we're, we're not honoring, I'm not honoring what is alive from me and from within me that wants to give expression to these insights and to this, to this time, because we did come here for much more than to be trauma-based, mind-controlled 
um, humans that limit themselves and keep themselves limited. No, and for me, I just have a passion to share what I've learned. And if I've learned to live a life that is giving me inner peace and, and love and harmony in the middle of chaos, then I think I'd like to share that. So good. So beautiful, Yvonne. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks for sharing if you're watching this on social media. And um, we'll, um, we'll be here again next week on Friday. Beautiful. And thank you, as always. Shine your light. Mister. Thank you, Yvonne. Yay. Love you lots. Bye.